Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Slab Bodyboarding Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed the previous episodes, and thank you so much for listening. This episode is brought to you by Sea Monster. Made from recycled plastic, Sea Monster is the solution to storing all your cold water gear. This heavy-duty hanger has specially designed hooks and loops for your suit, boots, and gloves. I have one of these things myself and has completely transformed the way I store my gear. Jump onto their website, which is www.c-monster.com. And that's C with a C, not S-E-A, and Monster, and monster with an A. Use the code SLABBY10 on checkout to get 10% off your order. In this episode, I chat to Robbie Berman. Robbie is an up-and-coming South African bodyboarder, video producer, slash YouTuber. He specializes in searching out some of the best waves the West Coast of South Africa has to offer. His YouTube clips are cinematically beautiful and super high quality. His plans to compete on the World Tour in 2020 and 2021 were flushed down the toilet by COVID, but he still has hopes of joining the action in 2022. Robbie Berman, welcome to the uh, Slab Bodyboarding Podcast. How are you doing? Oh, okay, great, thanks. Stoked to be on. I feel honoured. <laughs> it's an oh, honour for us to for... No worries. It's an honour for me to have you on. Um, yeah, really excited to talk to you. Yeah, I'm keen to see what it's all about. It's the first podcast I've ever been on, so I don't quite know what to expect, but ready to oh, give man, it a it's go. Just, it's just a, just a chat about bodyboarding, basically, and... Uh, and uh, and chat about what you and what you're doing, your kind of story. Um, definitely an up and coming charger, uh, another one out of South Africa, which is awesome. Yeah, uh, definitely. Hopefully. So, uh, <laughs> so, all good. All good. Got some cool pictures in the background there. I like that. Oh, the yeah. That's my inspiration. <laughs> some of my own, some of my friends. Um, yeah, just some of the places I've been to and the waves I've scored, which just nice memories to have, I guess. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I've also got a few up on my walls. So good memories from Indo and stuff like that, all the travels. Oh, yeah, is... so good over there. I have a few Indo shots up there. It's just best yeah. place to go for sure. So good, so good. So um, to kick it off, I'm going to ask a question that has uh, been playing on my mind for a little bit. I recently saw a comment on um, uh, one of your videos from Ian Campbell. And her, he basically asked and alluded to the fact that you may have competed on the world tour, either 2020 or 2021. Is that, is there any weight behind that? Uh, yeah. So that was my plan for last year. Um, so I'd finished university in 2019 and I saw that as like those three years is the time to like train and get a degree. And okay. then 2020 was my year to give the tour a full go and like i was ready about to book my flights chatting to ian like he was like helping me out telling me where, what i should plan and stuff and then like a day or two before i was ready to book uh we all just went into level five lockdown and everything just hit the fan and as you can imagine here we are um things got put on hold so my tour got put on hold and then we were all in lockdown for about there the sorry five months i'd say yeah um which is probably the longest i've ever gone without surfing so it took i was a bit rusty when we got back in the water 
Um, but I came back quickly with a few missions up the coast because we came back out in lockdown in like perfect winter time. Um, so straight into swells, which was awesome. Um, and then I just saw, okay, cool. Let me train for 2021. Um, hopefully we'll be on, but unfortunately COVID was still around and here we are today. So plan is for next year to give it a go. Hopefully if same again, strong, everything, stays yeah, geez, that, that's some <laughs> heavy disappointment, especially when you've like, you've, you've got so much riding on it, essentially. Like, how did you, how did you deal with that? What kind of things did you have in place? Yeah, like it was a big knock, to be honest, but um, like I kind of just sat down, realized like I'm still very young. I'm only 22. Like I got quite a few years left to go chase it. Um, if anything, I can only get better, um, like from not competing and just staying home and missioning as hard as I can. So I got that to do. And then also doing like a bit of work on the side to keep my mind distracted for when the waves are pretty crappy um yeah but yeah it was definitely a big knock especially um when we like first locked down in 2020 because yeah. i had so much stoke like three years i've done here we go best year of my life and then poof nothing but oh. i think i'm probably more stoked than ever now to go mission and go away next year especially yeah definitely because obviously obviously they seem to have their shit sort of sorted out a little bit there's some really good venues on the roster yeah. hopefully um, i mean the things all look really cool um if all the events can be put on i think it'll be an unreal year and hopefully a few years too yeah because uh, another world champion would uh would be pretty sick <laughs> yeah let's just <laughs> focus on getting qualified first then we can do world titles <laughs> there's no doubt you're qualified like this uh, I've, like just watching your videos and stuff there's no doubt you're qualified like <laughs> well, and uh you with this so you obviously mentioned that you you worked with ian and, and he prepped you and stuff like that how much how much influence does he have and how much time do you spend with him in terms of working around especially the competition side because it's quite different to free surfing yeah um so he lives about like 40 minutes away from me and we surf quite often together so i was in touch with him and tristan a lot just asking for advice i felt like a bit of a kook asking them all these questions on like what to do where to go who to look at um but like they were super helpful and stuff and we all missioned together like everyone's the community the bodyboarding community in, in cape town is very tight so yeah everyone cruises everywhere and everyone knows where to go and what swell so yeah. we all just had each other okay today this will be really good. Let's all go there. Um, I was actually with them on the weekend. Uh, we went up okay. to the West Coast for a few days. So okay. we'll probably see some footage of that sometime soon, hopefully. Oh. Maybe in episode two. <laughs> episode two. We'll talk about that in a bit. We'll get to uh, what you're working on and stuff like that. We'll talk about it yeah, in a second. Um, so, yeah. So, obviously, Ian is in South Africa. And Tristan's in South Africa currently. He's, um, he was in Durban at my home break a couple of weeks ago. Um, oh, really? getting some ways yeah so okay nice yeah that's where i'm from I'm really I don't know, that was your home zone okay yeah look like he got some really cool waves up there yeah and uh it's been firing this week and i think today or yesterday absolutely firing again which is oh, really? frustrating because i'm not there <laughs> <laughs> yeah that sucks yeah yeah I'm not so good much 
you get so jealous watching those guys surfing in boardies and shorties and then here we are in like hoodies four three wetsuits and still shivering yeah well I, I, we're, i'm based in wales and even in the summertime oh. still uh you can get away sometimes in the depths of summer you get away with a three two but um still through the winter it's freezing absolutely yeah, freezing got nothing on you guys huh? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so cold. Yeah, so cold and dark. Oh, just this dark, dark. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, yeah, it must be pretty hard, like planning when to surf, because don't you have ridiculous tides too? Yeah, yeah. So the tides are. Yeah, a lot of it is based around tides um, and storms. So you chase chase a surfer according to, to that. But we're through the winter. We get we got some good waves. Get some sick, yeah. sick wedges and stuff like that. It's real fun, but okay, uh, right. nothing. Nothing like surfing in boardies and yeah, t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I miss it so much. Uh, in terms of working with Ian, and I've, I've written some stuff down here. So I've kind of drawn a, a, an almost Venn diagram of kind of the three things that I think make up a, like a top-level bodyboarder. And the one is kind of raw talent. The other one is desire to succeed. So when you talk to Ian or you you look at Ian in terms of competition, like that dude has straight up hardcore desire to succeed. Like nothing will stop him. Um, And then also strategy is kind of an interesting one that I think a lot of free surfers, they go into competition and they they almost fall down in strategy. A guy that nails that down perfectly is Tristan. He'll break down a heat and um, like understand exactly what he needs to do to progress through the heat. He looks at yeah. it specifically that. Taking those into account, like where do you fall? What do you think? Like where's like some of your 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 strengths, um, and where the things that you could think like, wow, if I need to work on that. Yeah, I mean, like something I've been working hard on is just being able to like maximize whatever comes at me because okay, waves are so hard to predict, and you never really know what you're gonna do. But so you just that's why strategy is so important. Like you need to know where the right waves are breaking, especially if you're at a beachy, like yeah. best, which direction's the best. Yeah. How often are the sets coming? Like, should you try to get a wave straight off the bat and then wait for one or two bombs to improve your score? Um, like I remember I was chatting to Tristan a while ago and he said something that like stuck with me. Um, but he said, you basically training so hard to just be prepared for when that moment comes, when that yeah. ball pops. And you just have to be prepared to do everything you can to do the craziest maneuver and be sure you're ready to land it. Um, yeah. And that's where all your training comes in because you can be so prepared, but you just need to know what to do and how to do it when that wave comes. Yeah. Um, so that's something like I'm just trying to practice as hard as I can land everything i can possibly can so when those moments come i know like if this if i get this section like nine times out of ten i'm landing it so just consistent practice of each maneuver i'm trying to get through and then yeah i guess just confidence and because if you're confident you're having fun you're not getting too stressed out um because that's where i was like a few years ago um i'll get really nervous before heats and I just overthink things and I'd struggle. And now like I'm starting to get a bit looser, enjoying yeah. it more and seeing it as like a front of really fun free surf. 
Um, okay. And that's kind of the mentality I'm trying to adopt and I find it's working. Um, mm -hmm. But that also just comes with all the practice. So yeah, I'm physically there. Um, just when the good waves come to play, hopefully I'll, I can nail them. You can nail them. <laughs> that's sweet. Are you, um, are there any particular moves that you're like looking to develop too? Like anything that's, um, you've kind of seen, right, that's something that I need to work on or that's something I need to nail down. Cause like your standard backflips, your competition moves like backflips, reverses, yeah. forwards and stuff like that. I've seen your footage. You've got those, but is there anything out of the box that you're kind of looking at at the moment? Anything else? Um, I mean, to be honest, I love practicing spins in the barrel. Um, yeah, I find that just the coolest maneuvers to do. Like probably one yeah. of the hardest things to pull off because it's just so technical and it's so crucial. Like if you can nail that, you're winning such big points. Um, yeah, that's something I often try practice. But at the end of the day, if you can nail a consistent backflip every every time, um, yeah, you're pretty sweet for a competition. I think. Yeah. Um, that's something I also try to work on a lot. But if I'm thinking of other maneuvers, I'd say spin to barrel is definitely something I try to focus on a lot. <laughs> they feel so rewarding too when you get it. Like I get way more stoked if I do that, if rather than if I did like a really big rev or a flip or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's a personal choice. And like it's a, it is a sick move. I love that spin to barrel. It's uh yeah. Oh, so like hard. super, super critical. <laughs> That's cool. Do you have any like influences on your style? Some like any guys that you've looked up to as grow as you're growing up? Um, like uh, um, I thought, right, that guy's really cool. I like the way that guy surfs. Or yeah, I'd say there's there's definitely a lot of them. I mean, like we'd be here all day if I went through <laughs> everyone. But um, I'd say off the top of my head is probably Hardy. Um, okay. Yeah. Just like. He'll just ride the wave how the wave needs to be ridden. Like he doesn't have these set moves or he'll just do whatever the wave does. So if the wave fades off, he just does the most perfect cutback to like spin unreal bottom turn and the most perfectly executed reverse. Like it's just, <coughs> it's just textbook style. Um, and just like the way he flows through his maneuvers. I love watching that. Like it's just makes it look so easy. Because, um, yeah. It's not always just about doing big airs. I find I just enjoy riding the wave to the best of my ability and try like complement and utilize the wave. Um, so I'd say he's been like a big influence. Um, but I also love watching um, Mitch, um, Dallas Singer. I love them too. Uh, just like the way they draw their long lines and generates so much power out of their bottom turn. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and also just like the raw talent that Jerry has, Jared Houston. Um, yeah. I don't think like his style is so loose. It's not like technical, like Aussie. It's just so easy um, and just flows. I just love watching that. Because I find like South Africans definitely have a, not as like cross-legged, to the point like an Aussie style is it's just more I don't know looser I find yeah <laughs> that's our terminology yeah fair enough if, like if you that's something you notice I, I mean it's um yeah 
I think that one of the probably the first guys to do that was maybe Andre Botha. He was like just a different, like he came out of a different box basically. His oh, style yeah, was very different that, to to everybody that. else. Yeah. yeah, he's just all about going in the craziest ways and doing the either get the biggest barrel, the craziest air, and that's all that yeah. matters. I've surfed with him once, and I was just shocked. Like, oh my god, this guy's on another level. Like, it's crazy <laughs> watching him in videos and then seeing it in your real with real own eyes it's like wow so this is what it's really like yeah that's awesome that's really really cool uh let's move on to uh the the endless offshore what's um so so that's obviously a project you picked up after you found out you weren't going on the tour yeah <coughs> um so, me, so yeah basically I was kind of like, a, I had two ideas in mind of like thinking of a way I can help just push my name out there a bit more um, and just like get me a bit known for before I go on the tour. Um, so I thought like maybe coming out with some video series would be a great idea to just gain some more popularity and awareness of like, this is who I am. I'm ready to shine um, when the time comes. But yeah, I also wanted to just showcase the raw potential South Africa has because it's such a undiscovered and underfilmed um, landscape that you don't really see often. Um, so I really just want to explore and enjoy the coastline and show everyone how amazing the waves are and also how beautiful the landscape is. Um, yeah. But it's also been a great motivation for me too, uh, just to like, go out and mission really be forced to go and get clips and chase the swells and get good waves so it's definitely helped me in like my training because i'm definitely more hungrier to go find the best waves on the day too which is cool and just send it as much as i can that that is very cool one thing that i noticed about your um your especially that first episode and a, a couple of the other things i've watched you did a bodyboarding south africa clip um, on your YouTube oh, yeah. channel, um, is the the step up in like it's like it's cinematically filmed. Some of the stuff that you get filmed is like absolutely like visually spectacular, um, and I really really enjoy it. It's kind of different to like the when I grew up bodyboarding. Bodyboard videos were really raw and grungy. Obviously, the technology's moved moved away a lot. But how much are you like? How much of that cinematic, like, um, how much of that is, is influenced by you? Like, and how much do you um, enjoy that? Like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm a big um, freak on, like, that cinematic filming and, like, quality control and stuff. And I'm very, I'm, yeah. I'd say I'm more of a perfectionist. So yeah. I love just watching, like, beautiful shots, cinematic movies. Um, just the way like surfing movies were shot too. Um, yeah. Like the style, the landscape, um, just like showing a bit more of the experience behind it. Um, yeah. And yeah, like I've been, I've watched so many YouTube tutorials and done so many like lessons <laughs> practicing of like editing, filming and stuff. So that's definitely like inspired me and in what the shots I get and how I film and edit my videos. So like you'll see, it's like you said, it's not that grungy, hardcore 
traditional style. It's more, I don't know. I kind of just edit to to please myself. Yeah, and, that, I mean that's the way. It, it, it's a beautiful it product. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a, like I'm it's very a, stoked with how they come out, and I just hope everyone else enjoys them. But I'm always looking for feedback and how I can improve because I got so much so much more stuff to learn, and hopefully I just get better. Definitely, definitely. Who's your crew there? You've got a few people that film with you or travel with you. I know like Dave McMaster's, he's contributed, Sasha Specs, like yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dave's big filmer, he's an awesome vlogger now. Like his YouTube yeah. channel crazy. I love watching his stuff. And then I'm mission with a few other guys. So one really good friend of mine was James Simmons. His name, I think his handle goes by Captured Sessions. So I've tagged him in a few of my stuff, but he is he was down with me for the summer, but now he went back home to Amsterdam. So hopefully okay. if he ever listens to this, he'll get inspired to come back home and film again. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, my other crew is another good mate of mine. His name's Geordie Masters and Zach Clark. So we just three of us, they professional filmers and photographers. So they're a great crew and an awesome vibe to have on the trip. So us three crews everywhere along with the other crew of boogers and then we just chase the swells they love the vibe of just being on the beach in the car in the water too and not really afraid of much so it's always a great trip with them so and we're all good mates in and out the water which is lacquer too that's very cool very very cool um that's um so just think like looking at it, obviously YouTube's a pretty competitive platform. Um, how, how do you feel sometimes when you see like the short clips of like a small amount of uh, effort going in with huge number of views versus like a full edit that doesn't maybe hit like a, a, a massive number of views? How do you like, how does that feel for you? Like, and how do you work through it? yeah it's, it's very hard to gauge because at the end of the day it's all about the customer so the viewer and what they yeah. like to see and it's hard to judge like what they want because sometimes those raw surfing videos is what people really enjoy yeah um and then other times it's a more cinematic well put together clip um such as somebody's movie um i've never put together one of those raw clips before but maybe I should just do it and test it out. But I mean, as long as people are consuming the content, whether it's mine or somebody else's, I'm pretty happy. Um, personally, I'll be more happier with myself with like a well put together edit I'd send okay. out rather than a raw clip, just something that I could watch over again or like show to people, be like, yeah, this is what I'm working on. This is my latest stuff. Check it out if you like it. Um, and I also always just think in the back of my mind of something like people could go back to and watch because my personal experience, I always just go back to movies that I've watched again and again, like um, Hiding from Comfort. I think I've watched that over a hundred times. Um, <laughs> like Three Amigos, just like crazy, well put together videos is yeah. what something I would go back to watch. So I hope that's like my inspiration to go put out a video that hopefully guys would want to watch more than once yeah i've watched your videos over and over 
<laughs> so many times I, I i'm also like i geek Love out it. on like the cinematic stuff so it's it's a it's really like interesting and and uh yeah it's pretty i'm pretty passionate about it so really oh, really awesome. enjoy the content yeah it's really yeah, cool well, if you got any Do tips, you... just throw them my way say again if you have any tips or advice just throw them my way and I'll oh, no, i'm not not yes, not that level just yet <laughs> <laughs> nothing like that yet um do you from that endless uh off for the episode one do you have like an all-time session like a, a session that just sticks in your mind or maybe even if it's just one way like um i'd say jeepers i think there were probably two sessions in there um yeah. that like really stuck with me um the one was definitely a session down at the hook um you see it's like towards the beginning of the session the really blue water and i put it all in slow-mo the one barrel where i like bottom turn in um and then i just get blown out um so that was just one crazy session like we got there it was pretty average and just kept getting better and better and i think i got about like 10 of those identical waves just back to back and it was just unbelievable like i've never seen the waves that good in that spot in like quite a few years yeah. and the best part of it all was, was that we were still in lockdown so the beaches were technically still closed and was illegal to surf so most it was pretty much empty so we like trekked to this undisclosed parking lot and we just sneaked through the bushes onto the beach and hoped we weren't caught by the cops and then we arrived to these perfect waves and yeah just that whole experience of getting uncrowded getting our local uncrowded again was so good um so that was the one great mission the other one was in like the end of the clip where i put all that ton footage in slow motion um it was just that the last last one was um where i ended the clip off was just oh it was just such a perfect wave out there and especially because we caught that wave in summer when it's predominantly like a winter wave. Okay. Um, we were all just so stoked and frothing to get up. They were like, what? I can't believe it's breaking now. <laughs> um, it was a bit of a strike mission and a risky one too, but we did it and it definitely paid off. And yeah, that wave just went perfect, like the whole way through the reef. Um, so like the section where the video pops is that's like the first section of the reef and then it just bends and warps in to the end bowl and through so yeah i'm just playing it over in my head now and i'm like whoa that was a great one <laughs> yeah that's perfect that's exactly what you want um for people that don't know cape town or the, that west coast like you've mentioned two breaks there you've mentioned the hook and uh and tons like just give some people some context of so whereabouts not you don't have to give exact locations or anything uh, but like wh what do you like whereabouts are they and and what are your kind of local spots around there and what are you looking for in terms of like going for a session like um yeah so the hooks like right down south it's probably the most popular one of the most popular surf breaks in cape town like pretty much everyone around here knows of that wave um okay. a little infamous because it's so powerful it's like on the bigger days the surfers stay away which is nice because then it's just the local bodyboarding crew um yeah. i live about like 40 minutes from that um okay. so where i stay is super central so i'm like 40 minutes from hook 40 minutes from caves which is 
that awesome warm water wedge where Ian surfs a lot. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's like everything's nice, close proximity. Um, and then Tan's about like two hour drive out. Um, so a bit more of a trek. Um, so we don't go there as often on like this. We only go there when it when the chart comes up and we're really hungry for it. But my local local is really just like a small bowly left-hand reef break. So I've gotten like a lot of good training out of that. But primarily if I did have to choose, I'd take a beach a beachy over anything because I just love the unpredictability <laughs> beachies offer and like the reward you feel afterwards of like yeah. getting a bomb out there is just so much fun. Like yeah. a reef, you know what you're getting. And after like a few hours, it's like, okay, cool. I think I've had it all. But a beach, you never really know what you're gonna get. So yeah. Well, just from what I get in Cape Town, there's probably a few beaches elsewhere that are so consistent, you know what you're getting every time. But from what I'm used to, it's just a little box of chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so another thing that I noticed, especially in, in uh, a lot of the new clips that are coming out, uh, and especially for YouTube, we got YouTubers that uh, they put their stuff on YouTube. Um, is the struggle with um, with music and and the soundtrack, um, and that's evolved over the years. Where back in the day, you used to have the your VHS tape, and and they would just bomb anything on there. Usually, the the music that they really enjoyed. Um, now you've got all this copyright stuff going on. How does that influence your choice of music, and and how does it how does that tie in with the style of that you're going to be shooting or the style that you're going to be editing your stuff to does it like how does that influence you yeah music's probably like ask any like editor it's the hardest thing to do <laughs> for a video i mean from my personal experience i think it takes me about three days to of just sitting down like sifting through songs i'm like oh i like this but there's that sound that i really don't like then there's that and that and there's just so many like questions you play over in your head um so because music because youtube's like very strict on copyright now so if you play like a popular song it's most probably going to get taken down so that's yeah. why i've switched to the license free music option which is really cool because you guarantee like unique music but yeah. at the same time it's songs you're not really used to hearing and yeah there's so many of them like hundreds of thousands so it's just constantly like sifting through listening to song after song and hopefully you get lucky um so that's probably the one thing i'm dreading the most when i'm editing my next clip like what song am i going to use yeah that struggle's real i've been i've been there I've still nothing yeah it's really it's it's really tough and and often you see uh, edits online and in the comments there's critiques of like oh this is a rubbish song why did you put this song and you're like well I don't, what am i supposed to do like i i yeah. can't the music that i listen to on my my playlist isn't necessarily the music that I and it's put like put my edit to. Um, it's uh, definitely a real a real struggle. Does it influence that like the style that you've like cut your? Yeah, definitely. I always to? try like edit a clip to like some form of the beat of the music. Um, whether it's like the transitions will always be like on a bass, or like a big maneuver will be on like the drop of like some chorus or something. So. The song and like the beat of it definitely inspires the clip. Um, 
that's probably why it takes me so long to find the song but editing the actual clip is pretty easy that will take me about a day or so um okay. maybe a few hours of the day if i really just sit down and put my head to it um but the song's definitely the biggest part because what the music i listen to is definitely music i can't put down in my clip because yeah. it's just gonna get taken off again i've tried it a few times and it didn't work <laughs> It doesn't work, yeah. <laughs> I was just so disappointed. I had to re-edit my whole clip. Yeah, it's a lot of, and it's like it's a full chop up of uh, and recuts of everything you've done. It's yeah, so I painful. Mean, you almost just deflate. It's like, oh, do I really need to edit this clip anyway? <laughs> <laughs> not, not cool. Um, you've um, you've worked in uh. Oh, during lockdown, you obviously have, you've got your own clothing brand. It's called Blurred Lines. Yeah. So I've been managing a small clothing brand that I started in 2019. Okay. Um, so I've been doing that as well as digital marketing um, on the side. So I've been running those two businesses while surfing. Cool. Um, yeah. So I've, I've more pursuing the digital marketing side of things now certainly just because of the freedom it offers so i'm able to work from my phone um work on the go so like, you can imagine like i can check my charts be like okay i can work like four hours before a mission here or yeah. work all day here and then go up the west coast tomorrow yeah um so it's way more easier and greater to work around whereas the clothing side has made things a bit more challenging because you get an order and it's like, oh crap, I have to go pack, deliver this. Yeah. Then you're about to leave to go surf and then someone's like sent you an inquiry or they want to change an item and you're like, oh no, I have to do this now too. It's way no more, more logistics. Yeah, and way more hands-on than I initially thought it would be. Um, but it was definitely, it's definitely a great learning curve and definitely helped me manage my time a lot more and like okay. motivate me to process things a lot better. Um, yeah, there was a lot more hidden things to clothing than I thought there would be, which is cool though. <laughs> Not <Yeah. time. laughs> um, you also, with that Blurred Lines, you also did a bit of uh, community support during COVID. You, um, yeah. So tell yeah, us so, about that. What, what did you do there? Um, so like we were thinking, because, I mean, we still had so much product to move and um, no one really wanted to buy clothing, as you can imagine, because no one was going out or really doing anything. Yeah. So we had to just kind of think a bit out the box and be like, okay, what can we do to try get some sales, but also make a bit of a difference? Because, I mean, level five puts so many people in such a horrible financial position. Um, yeah. So there were so many like families and people in distress that really needed assistance. Um, so it was up to like big brands and people to like, just think of what they could do to help. I mean, so many people were making a difference, whether it was making sandwiches or even the smallest of donations. So we really just wanted to like get involved in that and do what we could. So our idea was to just, so there was this, sorry, let me backtrack. So there was this food campaign that started where you could, if you donated 21 Rand, you could feed one person for an entire week so we took that idea of the 21 rand and then we were thinking okay cool let's make a t-shirt and take the cost and then mark it up 
by the cost it takes to feed a family for, I think we said an entire month. Um, so 21 times four, if you do a family of four times, another four for a full month. And we just added those costs together and sold a t-shirt at that. We got one of our mates to design the logo for this t-shirt and then created like a limited edition, only a hundred units. So our whole slogan was feed a hundred, buy one, feed one family for a full month. Um, Sweet. We were like so proud of the whole thing. Like, oh, this is amazing. Maybe it will sell things in like, I don't know, a month. Um, and then we launched the campaign, just made a few Instagram posts and overnight, we like within five days, we were sold out of everything. We were shocked. We were like, holy Jeez. shit. I didn't think this thing would do that well. Um, and they were like, okay, cool. Maybe let's do another one. Um, so we decided let's do hoodies this time. Um, and then even less, it sold out over, I think it was 48 hours, the hoodies were gone. And were like, oh my word, this is amazing. Um, but then like, we kind of left it at that because by then we had done hundred families and we were, we had spread ourselves pretty thick on orders because, sorry, spread ourselves pretty thin on orders because we couldn't meet so many demands with the current yeah. lockdown because our suppliers weren't, were legally not allowed to manufacture goods yet. So everything oh. was on pre-order and we were like, guys, please just sit tight with us. Your items will be ready when they're ready. Um, we'll let you know. Um, so there was a lot of like customer engagement where we had to just put everyone at ease because we didn't want them to think we were just taking their money and having a jewel with it. Yeah. Um, and then that like really helped grow our brand because it led to a lot of secondary sales. Um, okay. Because people were sharing our campaign on social media and then people were like, oh, I mean, these guys are doing so well. I actually want to support them a bit. So a lot of people bought the donation t-shirt or jersey as well as bought a few other items so that helped us indirectly move some of our product and also just grow our our brand equity which is okay. a really cool thing and something we didn't expect would happen we just wanted to make a difference but here we were just actually coming up with a profitable idea that benefited both us and the public so yeah, that was a great idea. But then once all the product was ready, I think it took about a full two days of work to package, deliver, <laughs> sort, and do everything for everyone. So we definitely shot ourselves there. And the biggest mistake was cost factoring. Oh my word. Because we didn't realize, we didn't factor in the extra cost of delivering products. So we actually okay. ended up losing money. Oh <laughs> no. On, on our one range of t-shirts because we we're like shit we forgot to pay for the 100 rand delivery fee so then we had to add that onto the extra range um but it all worked out in the end thankfully it was just a bit of a stressful few moments just a bit of panic there yeah 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 but i mean you, you fed 100 families which is really cool yeah no that was definitely something i'm super happy and proud of at the moment so, um, very cool my laptop what? just have to plug it in what was the name of the charity that do you, do you remember the name of the charity that you're supporting yeah so it's called feed the nation okay i think their website's called feedthenation.org.za okay 
that's wicked. That's a really cool story. You get bodyboarders to to support the people in need. Yeah, it was it was a great thing. Like something, I'm still shocked at like how well it did. But so stoked it did like took off the way it did. Very very cool, very cool. So one thing that that features um quite a lot in your um in your your videos and and your edits. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure you've answered this question before, but um, Cape Town, and it's something that living in the UK, I get asked a lot, um, Cape Town and sharks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, what is that? What's the reality like of that? Like, how, where does it sit in your mind? How do you deal with going in the water? Um, like, does it come up? Like, and obviously you, you shoot a lot of drone footage, so you have a... a a quite a unique view of it yeah like um it's kind of that conversation that everyone has at the back of their head but no one wants to talk about it especially <laughs> when you're at the back line yeah um, so there's one or two spots in cape town where we surf frequently where we're like there's a few like heebie-jeebies everyone feels but majority of the time like you really are safe um like caves is the really one is one of the scary zones, but thankfully we have a shark spotter there. So they're okay. always looking over us. And if there is like an alert, they'll sound a siren and then everyone gets out. Um, but when you do hear that siren, like everyone's just eyes are wide open on alert and <laughs> don't know what's going on. Um, but the kind of sharks we have at the moment aren't very deadly. Um, very deadly. <laughs> yeah it's not like as a, opposed to like partially deadly yeah i mean there's like a one in ten chance of something happening um okay i mean i go by the rule of if i see the shark i'm pretty safe because yeah, okay. then he's not looking to feed but when i don't see it then there's a bit of a problem um but now all these like lately what's happened in the past few years all these orca whales have come into the bay and okay eating the great white sharks yeah um, and that's kind of made them migrate out of false bay and cape town area and more up to like the east coast side of things so yeah i mean i think i may be talking rubbish here but i think the shark spotters haven't seen a white in a couple of years now so really like made us surfers feel pretty safe surfing down here i mean the one surf spot down at the hook actually they've remove the shark spotter because he just stopped seeing sharks um so it's a bit of a bleak one for the ecosystem i mean sharks they are like my favorite um fish and i love them so much they're just so majestic but they're also so scary at the same time so surfing without them is great but then um there are other places up the east coast so that's more it's that awesome small left wedge that i surf a lot um okay so there in winter you pretty much guarantee to see a shark if you fly your drone like without a doubt jesus I mean, if we were up there right now i could fly my drone and i'd be like okay cool there he is <laughs> it's, it's and, and that's cool. white sharks yeah yeah and those are white sharks so that's something i don't try to think about and i mean that spot is the only spot i'll probably surf when i'm up there because it's about waist deep and you feel pretty safe. The other beaches on the other side of that wave are deep water, far out, and I want nothing to do with them. 
<laughs> yeah, perfect. From what I've seen, I'm happy to just stay to that wedge. <laughs> <laughs> it's something we don't deal with here. And like, I'm from the east coast of South Africa, but way further up. I'm from Durban, so it's not something that we even consider up there. Like, the water's warm. There hasn't been a, a, a an attack for years and years and years. Um, yeah. I mean, you guys have those Zambezi sharks, which are, I don't know, they they scare me even more than a white, I'd say. Really? Yeah, nah. they're, they're so much scarier and more aggressive, I find. Or just from yeah. what I've heard and seen. Yeah, so for people that don't that don't know what a Zambezi is, especially a bull shark. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, South African version, a South African way of calling it is a, a Zambezi. But, um, yeah, no, I surfed there for 25 years and very seldom had an interaction um with them uh so yeah it was just not something that we ever even considered going in the water mm. like you didn't even think about it at all it's kind of kind of strange that it's yeah. just it's only a couple not, it's not it's it about a, what 800 k's away and uh yeah just yeah. a different perspective crazy i mean like if it's three of us out like i think everyone feels safe but when you're the only man out there and you're alone then your mind starts playing tricks on you, oh. you start, my feet always sit on my board i'm never dangling <laughs> i'm like okay can my waves just come already yeah it's it's like you laugh about it but it's it's actually a terrifying prospect it's like there have been a few there's like so a bodyboarder was just taken in uh on the east coast of um, Australia, this like last week, uh, about two weeks ago, that is memorial yesterday. Oh but, wow, no shame. Yeah, obviously not a <coughs> bit of a dark subject, but it's part yeah. of uh, <clears throat> it's part of our world. We've got to acknowledge it. And, uh, yeah, like we just it's yeah as sad as it is. That, I mean that's horrible news, but um, yeah, it's just. We gotta to learn to live with them and like they are there and they'll never yeah. go. It is really there. They are the real locals. <laughs> True OG locals. Yeah. <laughs> so what's next? Faster. What's next for you? What are your kind of plans? Obviously, you've got everything on hold now. You're looking at the tour next year, because obviously you've been called off for this year. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> um next on the list, so now winter was very slow to come. But like you can feel now the weather's definitely getting a lot colder. So those storms are slowly starting to come through and those West Coast missions are coming way more frequently, which is really nice. Um, so I'm just going to keep missioning up and down our coast as much as I can and hold One eternity later. Okay, are we back? Any better? I think so. Yeah. Sorry, I think that could have been could have been my Wi-Fi then. Um, sorry about that. It's okay. No worries. Technical difficulties they happen. Don't stress. Yeah. <laughs> Which is... Yo, I was just saying earlier. Um, I think I cut out. <laughs> I find everything of mine just works so perfectly until I really need to use it, and then <laughs> just cuts just cuts out. Yeah. But, um, okay, uh, where were we? I can't remember. <laughs> so, um, so what's next for, for you? What are, what are your plans now for the, the rest of 2021? And uh, 
obviously waiting for the tour to kickstart again, hopefully in 2022. Yeah, so plans for the rest of the year. Um, hope to compete locally and go to national champion championships, which is in October. Okay. Uh, I'm busy doing the trials for that, and then hopefully I'll make the team and then go compete for and become the SA champ. That's the goal. Yeah. Um, and then in between that, just plan to really enjoy the South African winter. I mean, we can feel it slowly starting to come through now. It was a bit yeah. delayed. Usually, we should be having these storms from like April, but we haven't had one really. So I'm hoping it's just going to all come in one force and then we'll be lucky. Um, yeah. So that being said, those storms bring all those West Coast charts um and the east coast swells as well as the namibia charts so that's the biggest goal probably the thing i'm most excited to do is go back up there to surf the donkey because that wave is oh it's just something else yeah and you've surfed there yeah yeah i went up there for that crazy 2019 swell um yeah yeah, that was a proper (laughs) (laughs) eye-opener That's I, th- I think that wave is up there on any any bodyboarder that loves the left hander. That wave is up there on uh, on their list of some place to of a place to go. Oh uh, yeah, I mean I'd hands down fight anyone and say it's the best wave, best left in the world for sure. <laughs> really? I mean, it's just like I can talk about it and tell you all the crazy stories, but well, nothing will ever compare to when you see it. Like. It really is just two kilometers of just pure barrel. <laughs> it's crazy. You can you can see on 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 your face and in your voice how excited it makes you and how like how how much stoke there is to ride that wave. Yeah, like you you literally see your mates in the morning and you're like, okay, cool, cheers. I'll see you when I see you because everyone's just taking the wave, running two k's, getting the best wave of their life, running another two k's. And on like a constant loop, you really, you're kind of on your own mission. <laughs> That's very cool. You just, you only see people in passing, like oh, yeah. as you run past and they're, they're not going in the opposite direction. Yeah. I mean, like occasionally you'll wave at your mate when he's in the barrel and you're just like, woo. Um, but other than that, you're pretty much man on a mission. Um, but yeah, it's just. I mean, you just get the just get the craziest visions for so long to the point where you like start wondering and you really start feeling the muscles you use when you bodyboard because um, you're holding that position for just so long and you're so tense. It's it's crazy. Um, so I'm hoping to get up there at least once this year if um, the travel bans and restrictions allow us to. Um, but if that's a no go, then I'll really just I'll coastline some more, keep going up and down the coast. And then at the end of the year, I'm thinking of making a trip to Europe, hopefully go explore Portugal, France, and maybe come over to Ireland. Um, Oh, I don't know if I'm ready for that cold water, but (laughs) it just looks so good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah Ireland's a special place uh, I um, did a podcast with Seamus McGoldrick a couple of weeks ago oh wow so, uh, that must, he must have some crazy stories 
Yeah, he is, he does have some some crazy stories. There's some some wipeouts and some uh, some really kind of life uh, threatening situations that he's been through. Yeah. Um, so can't even that place looks so hectic. Yeah, uh, Riley's obviously is the most famous one. There's a few others that are around. Yeah, uh, but Riley's has got a special place in his heart. Um, but uh. Yeah, Ben Player and uh, him both had pretty serious incidents there on that coast. So, but it's all in the podcast, so you have to listen to that. <laughs> okay, right. Yeah, I'm very keen for that. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty much a, a pretty much a, a cool place to to kind of end it off. Lekker, yeah. Thanks again for yeah. having me. Sorry about those technical difficulties, but uh, it happens. I'll just edit it out. It's no big deal. Thank you so much for uh, for jumping on. And um, Lekker, yeah. like, thanks for giving me the time. I uh, wish you the best for your competition, the SA Champs coming up. That's uh, obviously a big one. There's a lot of big shoes to fill there. A lot of SA Champs guys have gone through to do big things. Um, yeah, looking at those trophies, and you just see like yeah. every name is like like most of them have a world title, and it's like whoa, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and and even the guys that that don't have world titles um have beaten the guys that do have world titles so yeah exactly. a friend of mine beautiful. yeah a friend of mine Stephen dupree I, do you know Stephen dupree from durban yeah, yeah, yeah um so in 2014 he beat in camel in the final um to take the world title so his name's yeah. up on there and ian campbell's is not which is uh <laughs> yeah or for that yeah, year. that's a huge statement huh? that's a huge statement yeah <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to get him on the podcast, but he's in he's in the Caribbean and he works on a boat, so his Wi-Fi is in, like access. Oh uh, yeah, the internet, must be pretty uh, hard to. Pretty hard to catch him, yeah. But but yeah, that that SA champs. There's some big names. Like Alistair Taylor's on there. Um, yeah, uh, some huge huge names. huge names, big names of film. Those guys go on to do big things. So all the best for you. And um, when you do finally make it onto the tour, hundred percent support. Um, like watching your raw talent, like in some of your videos, I I, I feel like you're definitely up there with uh, with some of them. You just got to get some tips from Ian, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, because Jared, I listened to a podcast the other day. Jared is also looking to go back on the tour, so there's some pretty good big South African competition there. Be, yeah, it would be awesome to cruise us all the South Jared, Africans. Jared, Jared was always. Tristan. <laughs> yeah, it was always like above and like a bit before my time like when I started getting into bodyboarding he had started traveling so I never really got to surf a mission with him um but it was always like that guy I looked up to yeah. um but it'll be so cool to like see them and compete with them yeah. in the flesh and be like whoa all my idols yeah. are now my competitors this is yeah this is a big shift um, a big shift eh? but yeah I'm give it a go and see what it's all about absolutely all the best to you i hope uh, you get to travel to the cool places and compete and uh, and do well yeah another south african like i said before another name on that trophy on that uh, on that uh, world champ stage will be pretty good for us yeah lacquer let's hope fingers crossed <laughs> <laughs> are there any shout outs you want to give anyone that supports you anyone that's uh, helping you get onto that tour anyone that's uh, supporting you your side um yes i'd say just all my friends and family all the boys they know who they are the guys i'm mission with the most 
um, everyone just motivating, pushing each other to, I don't know, just froth out together, surf the hardest. Um, it's just such a lack of crew back here. And I wouldn't be the where I am today if it wasn't for all of them. So shot guys um, and looking forward to many more missions. So that was Robbie Berman, definitely a kid to keep an eye on for the future. If you're interested, go find his channel on YouTube. You won't be disappointed. Episode 3 of his Endless Offshore series has just dropped, and it's epic. There's also a link in the Slab Bodyboarding Insta bio for when you want to go check it out. This episode was brought to you by Sea Monster, storage for your cold water gear. Use discount code SLABBY10 to get 10% off your order. Follow Slab Bodyboarding on Instagram for almost daily book stuff. And tag your mates if you dig the content. Check out the link in the bio for Slab Bodyboard merch and also all the other discounts that we've hustled for you. Thank you so much for listening. You!